Welcome to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, alternative medicine practitioner, retired chiropractor, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and today I'm really excited to be joined by Peggy Green. Peggy is a mother, a teacher, a survivor, a speaker, and leader who has overcome the odds. She is an Amazon best-selling author who has experienced the loss of not just one child, but two. Her first child by accident in 1991 and her son by suicide in 2018. Her mission is to make an impact and help others grieving the loss of their child. I would say just grieving in general from our conversation before. And her book, Life After a Child Loss, The Mother's Survival Guide, to cope and find joy alongside her Thursday Thoughts publication has helped hundreds of readers in their grief journey. So Peggy, welcome to the show. I'm going to let you kind of, I know there's more to your introduction, but I'll, I'll let you share part of that in your story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Alex. So I really appreciate this. And I do hope that whoever's listening to this will listen to it through in its entirety, because there's a lot um, that I I share and I want to make sure that they're getting everything out of the time and the fact that they listen to you, I think is wonderful. So thank you. Well, thank you. And yeah, you know, I, I just want to add to, we were talking a little bit before we hit record and, you know, this is going to be an applicable conversation to any level of grief. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be centered around child loss, which I shared, you know, I think is probably one of the most extreme versions of grief that you can ever go through. Um, and I just appreciate your willingness to, talk about it because I know not a lot of people don't. It's either too scary or too hard or too emotional. Um, but so jumping in, you know, I, and just a warning to listeners, like the first part of this might get a little heavy and then, you know, ultimately we're leaving you with a place of hope and joy and, you know, just some tools to really go through this journey on your own. But um, let's, let's dive in with your story, Peggy, because I know you've got quite the story to share. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> to break this down into just a little bit of a story. So I like to share this particular one is that I was driving home on a Friday afternoon, rush hour traffic and the roads were clear. And I was just looking at all the Christmas lights and thinking about Christmas because Christmas was just a few weeks away. And I had my to-do list, but what was really important is that I like to think about Christmas morning because Christmas morning, is an important morning for me because that's when I got together with all three of my children and we spent that special time together. And it was even more critical because I was divorced now and this was our time together. We had traditions of what we had for breakfast. We had traditions for what we, you know, the way we opened presents and the way we started our morning. And so it was, you know, just such an important time. And I was thinking about that. And then my phone rang. It was my daughter calling and it wasn't unusual for us to chat while I was driving, but I didn't hear her say hello. I heard her saying something to somebody else in the background saying like, I, I don't think he's been feeling well lately. 
I knew she was immediately talking about her brother, my son, because they worked in car dealerships next to each other and they were frequently found in each other's showrooms. So it wouldn't be uncommon for them to be together. But when I called out her name to respond to me, she didn't answer. (coughs) So I hung up the phone, pulled over to the side of the highway and called her back. And she answered. And I could tell now she was really upset. And what she shared with me is something I will never forget. She said, Mom, this is the hardest thing I will ever tell you. But Connor, my son, is dead. He killed himself. I slammed up my hands on that steering wheel and said, oh, God, how could this be happening? I've already experienced the loss of one child from 30 years ago. It took me back to that flashback, and I couldn't imagine what. My mind went blank. My heart was racing. I was just totally in shock. All I knew is that I had to turn my car around in that rush hour traffic and get back to where my son was and to where my daughter was. Our family needed to be together. That was just two and a half years ago. And when my son chose to take his life. And as a result of that, I started, I went to social media, like so many people do, just journaling about my pain and my sorrow, what was going on. But not only was I journaling that, but I was expressing how I was working through it. Because in between the loss of my daughter 30 years ago and my son two and a half years ago, I've experienced other family losses, both my parents, a sibling, cousins, nieces, and nephews. I've just experienced grief from accident to cancer to suicide. So I was journaling on Facebook and people encouraged me to write a book because they were getting so much from my Facebook posts. And so I took their encouragement, they encouraged me, and I, yeah, I wrote a book. So I wrote Life After Child Loss, The Mother's Survival Guide to Cope and Find Joy. In this, it's available on Amazon, but it's about those things that you go through initially, how to help you, and journaling was one of the things that I suggest, and I talk about, Other things like talking about your child or learning how to work through their possessions or whether or not to live and believe in God. But that book then has a program associated with it where I actually help people work through those things. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I brought together my previous experience of working as a personal trainer, a nutrition specialist, a well coach. And having all that experience together, I brought it into the grief arena because what happened is I used all those tools, but then I also stepped back and looked at everything that I believe in and knowing how important your health, all these aspects of health, what they can do for you in being able to get you to make it through a loss. When I lost my first daughter 30 years ago, I was alone. I had a couple friends and my mom and my sister, but I was alone and I was struggling. And I tell you, 
The second time around, I wasn't and I got help. And now I know that others are suffering and nobody, nobody needs to go through a loss by themselves, that there is support and we're meant to have support when it comes to moving through a loss. Absolutely. There's a lot there. It's a very powerful story that you have. And and I, I said it before we started, but I just appreciate you being willing to to share, you know, your your journey and your story because there is there's so much, I think, hope and power inside of that for others who have gone through stuff like this. I know it can be really isolating. And I've found, you know, I, I personally haven't walked through like really personal loss, but I've been around a lot of people who have, whether it's a child that, you know, only lived a few hours or an older kid that committed suicide or, you know, there's, there's a lot of that. We've had some murder actually um, close to our, our family in one of the villages where my husband's from, but I know it can be, it can be hard to follow. Let's talk about community, like how you find that, because I, I think it can be hard in that process. Like we feel like we are a burden on somebody or, you know, we're it's, it's hard to find those places where you're just really free to express like all the layers and levels of grief. Cause there are, there are multiple things that come out of that. So maybe if you can share some insight around, like, how do you start to plug into those areas that can be that community for you? Yeah, and you know what? I love that question, Dr. Alex, because there's so many different ways to do it. And I want to, um, we'll talk about those and I'm going to share some words of caution about a couple of things. And like I said, I went to Facebook and I was journaling about my journey. So I was, like I said, the emotions, but then also bringing in the tips and and how I was working through this and, and what was working. So I did that. Now, there are a lot of Facebook groups out there. And I just, I share Facebook because that's primarily where I am on. But Facebook groups where they, um, where you can, you can get into, and, and there's things from suicide to child loss to cancer. And so you can get very specific to your type of loss. But the thing is, is that there are people that are hurting in there, much like you are as well, but it's a constant flow of people who are hurting. So it's easy to get sucked into that pain and keep you there without allowing you to move through yours. So if somebody's going to join a Facebook group, and I wouldn't even say multiple groups, is one, and go in, and if you need to express your feelings and your emotions, go ahead and do that. And then look for opportunities to go, oh, you know what? This is has worked for me. And maybe you can comment on somebody else's post. So you don't want to spend all your time in that Facebook group because everybody's pain is raw. And when it's kind of like if you're watching when we had 9-11 that you sat there and watched that time and time and time again. So you can generate and create your own PTSD from being in a grief group that extensively. So it's with limited um, participation is what I recommend on that. And if you are a believer in Christ, um, you can always reach out to some people in your church. I worked with um, a chaplain, several different chaplains in helping me to process what was going on and, and that. And then also having an inner circle of friends. 
Now, what I suggest is you can't always lean into other people. And you may even need to have what I call more of a formal conversation and just say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling here. Can you be one of my friends on this? And can I call you? And do you feel like you have the wherewithal to do this and help me? And if they don't, that's okay. And you're giving them that out. And then you may find some other people, maybe in a grief group that you can just pull out of that and start a small support network with you in that, where you're not only listening to each other, but you're lifting up and giving encouragement. Um, And then as you know, you can always work with professionals, you know, um, and they're in different ways. You have professional therapists who really focus a lot more on the past and they do things differently versus like what I do with the grief coaching is because I really help with that positivity and then focus on the future and what life looks like. So, and it may, there's no one solution. You may find a little bit of several works, but I had a friend that I would call if I was on the, for some reason, I cried a lot when I was driving. So I had a friend I would call up and just say, I need you to listen, nothing else, listen to me cry. And she would. And then once I had calmed down somewhat, then she would go, are you okay now? And yeah. And then we would start a conversation. But some people, especially with child loss, they don't understand. They're afraid to say the wrong thing, that they go into their own lockdown, their own shutdown. I see you're shaking your head. And they don't know how to respond. And and your circle of friends may change because they just don't know how to do it. So it I think part of it is on us to help educate somebody what we need from them, even if they just come over and sit and watch TV with you or take you outside for a walk or, you know, bring you donuts. You know, it's it's. finding somebody and being very specific on, on what you need. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's like clutch advice for, for anything. And I think as women, we struggle a lot with, you know, being able to articulate what do I need um, and not, you know, so this is a, a good tip just in general, like, you know, finding that connection to yourself and just being really clear on this is what I need and who I need it from. And another thing to know about women is like, uh, physiologically, our brains, the way we process and, and deal with stress, which this is a, an enormous amount of stress, is we need to befriend. We need to, you know, have the person to talk to, to, to be around. And, you know, that that's really important as well. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Well, grief is, is not meant to be done and be isolated. It is really meant to be done in community. And one of the things just kind of bring this into I think we've kind of, as I'll talk about the United States, it's just we've forgotten about the circle of life mm-hmm. and that we have life and then there's guaranteed death. Now, obviously with a child, like you alluded to earlier that it's the hardest thing because it messes up our expectations, our order of what we really think this should, how it should happen, how life should happen, but it's not. And when we have those expectations, I mean, we don't go out thinking that our child's going to 
die before us, but being open to that and understanding that this is part of that bigger picture of circle of life. And we're not meant to do it alone. And that's become so sterilized now. People die in you know, the hospitals instead of being at home or they, you know, die in hospice, which is in a sterile nursing type facility versus being at home. And so we've taken away that emotion even of expecting somebody to die and learning how to grieve. Yeah. I'd say even more so in the last year and a half. I mean, I've, I've had several women I'm working with who have dealt with a parent or a sibling, but they didn't even get to see them to say goodbye because of COVID. And it's just been, you know, it's, it's a challenge. So there, there's that disconnection. Absolutely. And then, you know, where my mind is going in some of this is, especially in the child loss world, I, I've seen this, like the, it's, you know, a loss of, it's like feeling like, well, what, what's my, the friends that I've, I've walked through this with um, and a few women I've worked with as well. It's like, we lose that desire to live. It's like, well, why, you know, why should I keep living if, if my kid's not here or um, so I don't, I don't know if you have any insight to share around that. Just some of the, some of the things I've seen is like, you know, we feel guilty for still being here or we um, don't know how to move forward or, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things. So I don't know if you have any insight around that. Well, absolutely. So one of the things to think about is even with my first loss is that I, I 30 years ago decided that my loss was not going to define me, but that it would refine me and that it's made me who I am today. And so I've chosen, and this is, we have a choice on how we deal and process our grief. We, we very much so. Um, you know, and the people that I've worked with, you can either say, hey, I'm, I'm never, ever going to get over this. And you've told yourself you never will. Henceforth, you never will. But if you're open to going, you know what, I'm, I'm open to moving forward. You can. And so to find some purpose and be, think about your, your lost one, whether it's, you know, a young one, my son was 24, but even to ask, it's like, how would they like me to carry on? Think about reversing the tables. I mean, if you passed away and you saw your loved one, you're an angel and you know you saw your loved one on earth, not being able to get out of bed, take care of themselves, um, that they've isolated, you go, no, I don't want you to do that. That's what our loved one is saying to us is like, no. We know that life will never be the same as before your loved one died, you know, yesterday. Somebody in my family, you know, died. My life is not going to be the same. But I do know that you can learn how to live a fulfilling, functionally life because of that circle of life. So it's a lot about attitude and the choices that you make and what you do. And so what kind of things, you know, think about what your loved one would want you to do. They'd want you to live it healthy, active life. And how fun and honored would they be if you did something in their honor? Now, you know, starting a book, writing a book, becoming a grief coach isn't what everybody's going to do. But even if you, um, you know, donate, oh, I've seen somebody donate, you know, on their child's birthday, on their son's birthday, they'll go to the grocery store and prepay for another child's cake 
So then one mom goes to pick it up and it's in honor of their son, you know, to do things, um, to make a donation to a cause or volunteer at an organization. So that can give you purpose and go, you know what, there's more to it. And then when we start to think forward, it changes even within our body. The physiological response, we start to produce hormones that help us feel good hormones. And then we produce the ones that help us to sleep. So when it's nothing but an upward spiral, when we start to think about that, we can still miss and love them, but don't let that allow that to stop you from living a life. And that's where having somebody walk beside you and help you go, oh, I see what I'm doing. I started to isolate or to give you tools and techniques. Oh, you know what? Try this. Try this. This is this is a way you can start thinking about this differently. Or you know what? You haven't been out of the house in two weeks. You're going to walk down to the mailbox and back. Or, you know, somebody to work with you in helping you realize where you are. That's what a coach does. I mean, even you think about a sports coach, they challenge you to be better and to move forward. Absolutely. I'm a coach too. So I, I love the conversation around, you know, coaching, but it's, it's this whole, I, I don't really know what I want to call it, like profession, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> category of, of a way that we have to support ourselves, not for, you know, advancing in the sports world, or I know you, you've been a personal trainer and fitness trainer in the past, like, it, it can also be about our emotional health, our, our spiritual health, our, you know, just keeping us, like you said, moving forward, because it's important. And I, I love the, you know, thought that whoever we've lost wouldn't want us to stop living because they're no longer here. Yeah. At all. So I love this. Well, I can't say I love this conversation, but it's such an important <laughs> conversation to have. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know well, I you know, we talked about the seriousness of, of this and that, you know, talking about the loss and, and how to come through it, but, you know, offering some tools and techniques and inspiration to show I've been through a lot and I've had to sit back and acknowledge my losses. It's really been like, wow, I've been through a lot. And I could sit there and admire in that, or I could share the things that have helped me in really what I want to do is be that example and let people know that you can. And, I, and it's really expected to, you know, one of the things that is not part of normal grief is depression. So if you have found that you have moved, your, moved into a state of depression, you are not grieving anymore you were more into a depressive state and that takes a little bit of a different type of work. But if you're grieving, give yourself credit, give yourself permission. I think this is the big thing here. Dr. Alex is give yourself permission to move forward. You'll never move on. You'll never forget the peaks and valleys will get less. Okay. And the severity of them will lessen and you will stop crying every day. Just give yourself permission to do it. Yeah. There's hope. There is hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, especially in the, um, 
environment of high performing women, because that's, you know, primarily who we're talking to here. Like I know for a lot of us is we just want to like be done. No, we, we don't want to, we don't want to deal with the emotions. We don't want to continue to, to feel things. We want to just like do the work and be done. Right. Um, and I know this, we, we talked before we started recording, um, kind of around like alcoholism and some of these other things that we deal with that cause grief. Like that, that was my ex-husband was an alcoholic. So that was my big, like learning how to grieve (laughs) experience was, you know, going through that whole process with him. But it's like, we need permission to, to feel all the things and, and, you know, have that space and have the people to hold that space for us to, you know, be safe, to scream and cry and beat up the, my thing was we sword fighting, like, get the stuff out but we also have to be willing to start taking the steps forward we can't stay there forever so it's you know it's that fine line of working through it that I think you're talking about but yeah as you mentioned the high performing women is that this you're so spot on where they just want to stuff it ignore it and not do anything with it and the thing is, is that when we do that, is that it stays there. It stays there. And years later, it can surface like a nasty old demon and monster. And so really being able to understand that grieving is expected. And you don't have to be tough. You don't have to be strong. I mean, when my son took his life, I told myself, I'm like, if I'm out and about, at the grocery store and I have a thought or something triggers me and I start crying, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to acknowledge that I'm in a spot for that moment and really feel that pain because think about this. I mean, you know, high performing women, whether they're mentally or physically, I'm going to make the physical analogy, but you break a bone. It takes time to heal. And you do physical therapy to, um, you know, regain movement in the joint. And physical therapy is not easy. I speak from experience, you know, that you still have to go through that pain in order to recover. So why we sometimes neglect acknowledging that we need to walk through that pain when it comes to emotional, when we can so readily accept that physical side. So being able to do that, and ultimately, that's where you come out stronger in the end because you've acknowledged that pain, you walked through it, you found some resources. So, um, you know, and that's kind of that same thing. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, loss here, but you're working with women on careers, let's say that they didn't get that promotion that they wanted, that's painful. But to acknowledge that versus getting, you know, um, just stuff in that. So acknowledge that pain and allow yourself to grieve. Absolutely. And the other thing, you know, when you said it comes out years later, it can come out as cancer or as Mm -hmm. like major health issues. Um, You know, a lot of the, like I, I include in the program I do with women, like dealing with grief and having that conversation. And, you know, if they haven't dealt with it, you know, getting not on the level that you do by any means, but, you know, getting them to at least acknowledge that because when we stuff our emotions, when we don't allow ourselves to feel, when we feel like we have to have all the answers and we just like put our heads down and go, um, (laughs) bad things happen (laughs) as we've talked about on the show a lot. Yeah. You know, both my sister and my father passed away after stressful life events. 
not immediately, but they contracted cancer. And so I really attribute that to that stress and that breakdown of their DNA, the breakdown, um, the accumulation of oxidative stress. So those are the sort of things that are working inside us and we don't know that. So really being able to take care of yourself physically is important. I mean, coming from the personal training realm, I mean, I went for a run the morning of my son's funeral because I knew I needed some endorphins. I needed some God time. I needed some space for my head because I knew that that day was going to be long. Now, again, not everybody's going to do that, but it was, I, I know the good that it does. Everybody doesn't run. If you walk around the block or if you swim or whatever, but taking care of yourself and then nutritional aspect. I mean, I take a powdered fruits and vegetables in a capsule and I doubled up on those the day after Connor died because I knew I was in compromised position and I wasn't going to be able to eat everything I needed to eat. And then also I needed extra layer of protection and keeping me healthy. Because I, I have two other girls and now two grandsons or two grandchildren, a grandson and a granddaughter who I'm active and healthy and vibrant for. So that physical component is, I, I like to address that first because physically, then we can dive into the others. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and with that, they're all important. It's not just about the physical. It's not just about the emotional or the spiritual it's you you have to address all of them so um so how can our listeners connect with you yeah um great question as well and so you know i love to give everybody the opportunity to experience what grief coaching is i think i mentioned a little bit earlier it's different than and then therapy and grief coaching i bring together my experience over the past 30 years of losses and you know, personal and professional, where I bring that all together, give them an opportunity to experience what grief coaching is. And they walk away with at least one thing that they can implement right away. So it's not me all babbling about it. I'm asking questions and you find out what it's like. So the way to get in touch with them, I made it super simple. So write this number down. <laughs> it's a phone number. We text to at least get a, um, a schedule into your hand where you can do that. And you text the word breakthrough, all one word, B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H. And to, this is the number, 719-789-6808. And we talk just like where you're watching this, um, do it through a virtual video conferencing and you can see what it's like. So it's the word breakthrough, to 719-789-6808. And you know what? One of the things we didn't mention, Dr. Alex, is that to find me um, you know, on the internet or on Facebook, I am the grief specialist. And that's with two E's. The, like, I know it. I am the answer. The grief specialist. Yeah. So um, my website, um, the grief specialist, where I have resources. I have Thursday thought videos um, on YouTube. And then the, the Grief Specialist Facebook page where I also offer grief support. So um, 
I'm pretty easy to find, but just remember the two E's. <laughs> and I'll, I'll put all that, both the phone number and the your website um, on in the show notes. So um, thank you for all that. And before we wrap up, do you have any kind of final words, final thoughts, wisdom to share with anyone who can relate to this conversation? Yeah, thank you. And you know what? I really do have two really basic thoughts. One is, well, let's say three. So don't do it alone. Okay. And um, get started, get some help immediately. I mean, when I say that, probably after the first two weeks is when the crowd and the influx and the initial wave of support has diminished. So look at having that. And then if you're going to consider looking into working with somebody, um, I, there's three things that I really recommend that you evaluate and research on. One is that person really passionate about what they do. And as you can see from me after 30 years and multiple losses and experiences that I am passionate about making a difference and helping you readers, listeners to find hope. Number two is, does the program or what they offer for tools and stuff, is it something they've personally used? Well, I know over the 30 years that my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health have all blossomed. And those are 100% responsible for what I'm doing today and being able to be here for inspiration and hope for you. And then finally is really are they ready to help you? Is that their investment in you? So evaluate the person that you want to connect with and see if this is the right choice, but really find somebody that can help you to work through this, be your community, be your tribe. Awesome. Thank you so much, Peggy, for coming on and you know talking through it's a significant topic I feel like in health and in wellness and I just appreciate having this conversation with you so thank you I appreciate being here and being able to share this message listen are you looking for the next step on your health journey and want to get some one-to-one support as a thank you for listening to the show and being proactive with your own health, I'd like to offer you a $200 discount on an initial consultation with me. On this visit, we do a deep dive into your current state of health and the goals you have. And together, we really help you create a plan so that you can move forward confidently and know that you're moving towards the level of health that you want to have in your life. To learn more, you can visit www.emergentwomenih.com backslash initial hyphen consult. The link is also in the show notes, if that's too complicated. I would love to connect with you and partner with you on your own health journey and really just help serve you in giving you direction and where you want to go. So once again, that is www.emergentwomenih.com backslash initial hyphen consult. for tuning in to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Each month, I will select one lucky subscriber to receive a special Impeccable Health sample kit from me. 
Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me at www.emergentwomenih.com for even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become vibrant, energetic, and on fire. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.